Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> We're back again with another video. Hey, y'all, it is me, Rain Coleman, the carefree black nerd himself, and today we're going to discuss Falcon and Winter Soldier, otherwise known as Falcon Winter here at the carefree black nerd headquarters. Um, episode two, wow, this was this was interesting, this was surprising. Uh, so getting housekeeping out the way, I am Rain Coleman, Carefree Blurred on Twitter, Carefree Black Nerd everywhere else. Thank you for those of you joining me on the visual portion on YouTube and Facebook, wherever you're catching this. And thank you guys for listening to the podcast version after the fact. Um, hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred is the handle. Use that hashtag FWPod. Let me know that you're out here, that you're listening, that we're making this a conversation. So... I, I got to admit, okay, so I kind of touched on this last episode. I am confident enough in Marvel that whatever they give us is going to be quality. I was one of the people who was a little bit apprehensive about Falcon and Winter Soldier just because I was like, ah, I don't know if they're going to, you know, do what needs to be done. Like, it, and then again, coming off the WandaVision, blah, 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 you know, the story. Now, the first episode, cool. I like where we went. I like the beats we touched on. I like the the little arcs. I like seeing where the heroes are now versus the way we see them in the big motion picture space. This episode was actually very good. So it's not without its faults. I'll say that. But I was pleasantly, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised at what we got. Um, I feel as if they're doing... A really good job. Every episode feels like a movie. Um, kind of a big a, a, a little aside. I am one who enjoys those UK dramas, comedies, film, TV, anything UK, and I've enjoyed it for a while because it feels as if when you get a show from the UK, it can be three episodes, it can be six episodes, it can be eight episodes. It will feel like a 22 episode season in American television. Well, that at least that was the case let's say, five, seven, ten years ago. This episode, though it's only episode two, and it's like 43, 42 minutes, felt like a full movie. Like, I felt that same feeling I got from UK TV. I got that from this episode. Full, uh, beginning, middle, end, a lot of action, a lot of good stuff happened. I enjoyed it. Um, let me know if you have as well. So please leave those comments in the comments. And uh, for those of you watching this on replay or catching this on a podcast version, use that hashtag FWPod and shit, talk to me. So getting right into it. So we're in episode two, The Star-Spangled Man. John Walker is named Captain America and Sam and Bucky team up against a rebel group. Ha! Okay, so non-spoiler. Um... Good episode. Again, great cinematography, great storytelling. I honestly, um, what I really enjoyed, and not just in this show, but just when I've been watching television and movies and stuff lately, but specifically in this episode, um, or the show rather, I'm enjoying the plotting. I'm enjoying the pacing. This show really is laying, like everything that happens should matter. Nothing should just be random there's a boy in a red shirt over there yelling hallelujah. That should mean something. Every single thing that happened, every scene in this show, in this episode, mattered. It was a clean, beautifully shot show. The recap was really good, as if you were watching this 
uh, on TV, on regular network television. The recap was really good. Um, the acting, of course, was great. Uh, Non-spoiler-ish. What can I think? Um, Non-spoiler. Costuming was really good. Um, the story carried over from episode one into episode two in a seamless way. This is a show that I am actually anticipating it ending because I would like to see what does this feel like watching from episode one, episode six, maybe even going as far back as to do maybe an in-game Infinity War rewatch and then go right into this. Won't be anytime soon because <laughs> that's a lot of time to commit, but I did enjoy the way it, that, that we move. We move seamless, seamlessly into this episode. Also, I like the role that Bucky and Sam are occupying. I like this leading man, even though it's the co-leading man thing, because I'll tell you, I was not as positively interested in Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier when it was first announced. I was like, eh, okay, like I'm here for Sam. Bucky is a cool addition, but I don't really care. I honestly, this like I'm anticipating to see like what is this story? Not just getting to the end, but like going on this ride at a at a great great time. Um, that's it for non spoilers. Uh, come back when you've watched the episode if you haven't. So there are a few characters I do want to mention. Now I said in the last episode, I'm your mutant guy. I'm not your Larger Marvel Universe guys. So some of these characters, Easter eggs and all that, you're not getting that from me. If you do, it's little stuff that I maybe picked up online. Um, Flag Smasher. Flag Smasher, the original character, is a Mr. Carl uh, Montague. In the this show, it um they've race race bit, race and gender bit this character to be a Kylie. Yes, no, Carly. Carly uh Montague. Uh powers and abilities, uh athletic man who was gifted hand-to-hand combat. Proficient in martial arts, brilliant uh, terrorist strategist, fluent in English, German, French, Russian, Italian, Japanese, da 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 da. I like that. And so, because I'm not some um, diehard fanboy married to the continuity of the past, I'm really enjoying Carly. I really want to see more of her. Um, though this is just the second episode, um, I feel like we got enough. I feel like we're going to get more. But knowing that this is a character who was gender bent, you know, I'm cool. All for it. Do what you got to do. But I like the actress, which I believe her name is Erin. Erin something or other. Uh, my apology. I think I think her name is Erin. I think she's really doing a good job. This eight super soldier ride that we're going on, that was interesting as well. I want to say, and I could be wrong, but is this not the, the soldiers who were... Um, at the end of uh, Civil War, what happened to those soldiers? If, listeners, those in the comments, please let me know. Listeners, after the fact, when um, Bucky and Steve and Tony was like knocked down, drag out, fighting at the end of Civil War, weren't there like five other super soldiers in a um, like what's that little, <laughs> what's that carnival ride where you lay back <laughs> against the wall? Weren't they in those like pods? If you know, let me know because I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but I feel like. Maybe this is connected, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. Um, let's see. So we got her. We also get a Battlestar, Battlestar, uh, Marvel Comics character. Um, 
was really kind of like the Bucky after Bucky, but then that was addressed about how that may be like a little racially insensitive and his name was changed. We'll get to him in a second. And then we have, of course, a U.S. agent. He is our new Captain America, our James Walker. And I'm not going to hold y'all up. I wrote notes because <laughs> it's a lot to get through. So that being said, welcome to episode two. Okay, so we got the new Captain America in episode one. Everybody in continuity, everybody in the real world was pissed about it. <laughs> if you were one of those people who were actually excited to see this new Captain America, this U.S. agent, let me know. Let me know in the comments. Let me know how you feel. I, um, I, I'll say nostalgia had me. I wasn't really feeling him. I was like, ah, F this dude. Who is this? Um, but as far as storytelling is concerned, I do like that we ended on a point where everybody was pretty much not having this. Like, F this guy. Who is this? He's not worthy. We don't even know this dude. We don't know what he's capable of, but everybody has written him off. I love it. And then we get a little backstory with him this episode. And that's um, something I wasn't expecting. I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect this. So he's in the locker room unzipping the garment bag with the new Captain America U.S. agent outfit. And he's going over his lines. And he's just like a regular dude. Like, oh, good morning, America. Good morning, America. Trying these different ways to say good morning as Captain America. And I still didn't know what I was looking at. So, I, you know, I just took it all in. There is a racially ambiguous girl. I'm going to assume that she's black or maybe mixed race. And she's like, hey, you know, I snuck into this locker room so many times back in the day. I'm assuming this is his girlfriend or his wife, maybe a chick he knew back in the day, whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, that's why we won all these games. So we're establishing that we're at his high school, his uh, James Walk, John Walker's old high school. Then in comes the black best friend, uh, homeboy, Mr. Uh, was it Lewis? Ah, y'all, y'all, don't chop my head off. But Either way, he comes in, gives him a little pet talk. He's like, man, I like that we're getting, one, a whole new Captain America, and it's very different from just passing the mantle onto another person. Just like, here, here's a new MCU Captain America. I like that we're getting a person who is vastly different. One, he's just a peak conditioned human. Like, he was in the military, fought some tours, fell on some grenades. He did, like, he's, you know that guy but he's not a super soldier he's just a regular dude and he also seems to have doubts and kind of insecurities that steve rogers didn't have that that were, weren't presented to us so i do like that um i also like that he has this kind of support system with his best friend and with his um i'll just say love interest because i'm not sure if this is his girlfriend or somebody he used to date and now they're just cool but his friend and his love interest like you you see that as opposed to Steve Rogers, who was a man displaced, a man out of time, this is a man of our time who understands the weight of the legacy that he's taking up and the mantle that is he is now, and he has these other people to fall back on. Now, how those stories play out, I don't know, but I do like that we're getting a Captain America that, regardless to how you feel about him, he's very different or different enough from Steve that you don't feel like, oh, Marvel just 
put in another blonde hair, blue eyed white man, and now he's Captain America. So I do like that. Let me know what y'all think. Um, I like the the sidekick Battlestar, uh, formerly known as Bucky. I like him. One thing I will say, and this may just be me being a hater, <laughs> but John is small. Is he not? Like, I feel like compared to Steve, he's a small guy. Now, I don't know. Again, that's something silly that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, and they might be the same size. But when I looked at it, I was like, nah, you look a little skinny. You look a little too slim, buddy. Uh, but then that could also lend itself to him being just a regular human. So something that I was um, that kind of went through my mind while watching this is that this guy is a human, has no super soldier serum. <sighs> Sam said on the last episode something about, you know, um, uh, uh, symbols are nothing without the people to like bring them to life. Something I think he said it verbatim. But what is the point of John? Like, so if John is going to be the new Captain America, are they sending him on missions? Like, is this, this, we get this new John, we get this new Captain America, who is this John character, but what purpose does he serve? Um, I know Steve was like the super soldier. He went on the missions and did the things with the Avengers, but now is he a precursor to the United States government now having their own, um, Avengers that they've created, not things like superhuman people who banded together to save the world. Is he the beginning of this diehard patriotic, this is what we're doing now? Um, in that sense, I'm not really feeling him, but it remains to be seen. Uh, we get the <laughs> MCU HBCU band. Um, I like this episode, but some of the things this scene included kind of off-putting to me. There's something in the patrioticness of it all that feels a little bit heavy-handed and it feels like propaganda. <laughs> like, yes, we're the best, you know, but that's not going to be enough to pull me out of the show. Um, But with us having this newly appointed Captain America, what does that mean for the Avengers that are still here avenging? Like, we had Wanda stuff, whatever, but focusing solely on um Sam and Bucky, where do they fall when these men are penniless? Bucky has no furniture in his apartment whatsoever. Sam can't even get a loan to get his house and his boat fixed up. Like, is the new Cap and Bucky, uh, Battlestar and U.S. Agent, are they on payroll? Like, are they getting the benefits that should have fallen to the Avengers prior? And then does that... Um, is that some type of loophole where, oh, you was working with Tony Stark, so he should have paid you? Like, I, where are we falling there? Because that has me a little bit side-eyeing this guy even more. I'm trying to accept John for who he is. I'm trying to accept a uh, Battlestar guy for who he is. But I'm, I'm feeling like the Flag Smashers may not be wrong. They might not be all the way wrong like they're trying to make it seem. Um, so there's that. We get Good Morning America, which was a, a, a cute little scene, you know, early in the morning doing the meet and greet and whatnot. And I do think that the John character is, he's kind of, you know, charismatic. He got a little charm about him, uh, but he's annoying. I, I wish he would not wear the helmet thing because he has a look that is a little distracting. So, um, but I mean, you know, do what you do. Uh, Sam and Bucky, they're poor. 
well, I gonna say poor, but we get this reunion right afterwards where Sam is following up on the lead. He's going to Munich, Germany. He's going to figure out, you know, what's going on with the Flag Smashers. And I like this, but my issue now comes in, you are not getting paid. You were gone for five years. Prior to that, you were gone off being an Avenger. Your sister and your nephews are left to make sense of their world as best they can. It seems as if your father passed within those last five years. I get, I get duty. I get making sure that you are doing what's right. But at some point, you have to ask, like, what's right for you? You, what, like, I, I don't know. I guess because we've focused on finances and lack thereof, and we also see these other people, the new Captain Bucky and whatnot, and we also see how. Even when you're going to Germany doing what you do as a Falcon and Bucky, you still technically have government equipment. So that's how you're being tracked by the new Cap and Bucky. Why are you doing this? If y'all have an answer, let me know. I don't understand what, if there is no, not that you only want to be a hero for financial gain, but when the snap happened and we are in the space where we are now, where people have come back, you're still taking care of your heroly duties. Is it wrong to ask for compensation for the bare minimum? Can you make sure my house doesn't go in foreclosure and that the boat that my family uses to make money is fixed up? Is there a stipend? Like, I don't know. There, that, Something about that is not connected with me. And I'm not the finance guy. So maybe somebody has an answer that I don't have. But I'm not. I'm not really feeling that. And it's actually frustrating to me. Um, and then Bucky has like these court appointed uh, therapy sessions, which, okay, cool. Get your mental together. But then again, he has no furniture in his house and it's not set up that this is by choice. It's like, he's sleeping on the floor with his big TV. <laughs> what, you know, make it make sense. Um, so that's it. And then they're also traveling the world. Now this could be a me thing, but we go from like Baltimore to New Orleans, to Munich, like we going, we getting around fast with Bucky and Sam getting on this little mission and they're going and they're seeing the Flag Smashers and we go on this big, big adventure event set piece fighting on these two 16-wheelers. Cool. All that was great. I, I'm trying to not hate the new cap. I'm trying to be there for him and the new Bucky, but when all is said and done, they got their butts whooped by the Flag Smashers, by uh, Carly Montague and, and company. While riding back to airport or wherever they're going, Sam said, Sam, excuse me, um, uh, uh, John says, hey, yeah, we um, we tracked you by uh, Red Wing, Red Bird, whatever, because uh, it's still government property. Again, I just, I guess for me, I just can't get out of this space where why am I a hero being sent off on these, sent off on these missions? I'm not getting any compensation for it. And yet you are able to profit off of and make moves off of the actions I'm taking, but I'm not making any money. And it's not even just money for like, give me a billion dollars. It's like just money to live. That's something that I probably shouldn't be so focused on, but I am. And it's getting a little bit frustrating. And I'm hoping that, that we circle back to that later on. Uh, pretty much they're over it. You know, Bucky and Sam is like, we're good. They get out, they start walking, they do their thing, they split up. Um, we find out 
that there is um, another super soldier. So while Bucky and Sam are discussing how to move, what to do, what's next, Bucky lets Sam know, hey, I need you to meet somebody, but whatever, we go to this house um, in a, what would be considered a shady neighborhood, but it just looks like a neighborhood that does not have a lot of wealth. And a young boy comes to the door. He's like, hey, what do you want? Let me speak to Isaiah. No, Isaiah lives here. That being said, I want you guys to check the show notes. I have listed uh, four episodes, a uh, Carefree Black Nerd episode on Falcon, one on Isaiah Bradley, Josiah X, and Patriot, Eli Bradley. Um, this is the introduction of Patriot, the young Avenger, the grandson of Isaiah Bradley, Isaiah Bradley, who is, I think at one point in time, he was just another super soldier. I don't know if it was retcon where he was the official first Captain America, but in this MCU, the way it's presented, he is a super soldier who came after Captain America. Um, there will be an episode of Carefree Black Nerd released. I'll put it in the show notes after the fact this Sunday, focusing on the super soldier serum, its history, and different people affected by it. Uh, and it's pretty much <laughs> Isaiah meets with Sam and Bucky, and he's an older man. And what got me, even though I knew who this character was while watching it, why is this man old? If you are... Um, if you have the super soldier serum and your cells regenerate and you last longer, effectively immortal or kind of sort of immortal, why has he aged um, to that degree? Or is that just the natural, I'm locked up for 30 years. Um, I, I got the formula way back in the day. We, I met you. I knew you, Bucky, way back. We, and then when I reach 100 plus years, now I'm starting to age because he wasn't. Um, frozen in ice like Steve. He wasn't uh, frozen in a capsule or a pod like uh, like Bucky. So I'm wondering, should he appear that old, or is this something new that we're doing? Uh, but he pretty much tells Bucky, "Let me get the fuck out of here. I don't want anything to do with you people, with you and what you've done." Because what, what we find out is that within him going through these super soldier trials or whatnot, he really got destroyed in the stick. Constantly being, first of all, he was arrested. And while arrested, you're constantly being visited in your cell over and over again, test ran, blood drawn, which is the same thing that happened with Luke Cage. It's like when these black people are affected by the super soldier serum, it ain't this whole happy-go-lucky thing. Another reason, like, the Flag Smashers might not be wrong. They may not, I mean, because let's break down their argument. So they are presented as the villains, the antagonists, the bad guys. What the Flag Smashers want is to have a world without borders they want the world to be as it was during the five years of the blip when half of the population disappeared the the issue that they have is that now that everyone is back all resources are being allocated towards those who have returned rightfully so a lot of it should go towards these people but that while within doing that you have people who've been here for five years who have struggled people who have thrived people who have made a way out of this weird space the world was in and yet now they are being forgotten um and the argument isn't black and white. It isn't just, oh, they're right or they're wrong. Not in my eyes anyways. And maybe I don't have all of the uh, vocabulary for it, but I feel like this is a villain group or a set of villains where it is not, it, it's, it is truly 
the victors are the ones telling the story. Like, because we're seeing it from Cap and Bucky's point of view, they are the heroes and they're the villains. But I don't, when all you're trying to do is get the world back and allocate resources to people who were here who don't have that support anymore, is that such a terrible thing? Is that truly a bad thing? I mean, I don't know how they got these super soldier injections. Um, uh, I want to say power broker. I think that's it. Again, I'm a mutant guy. I'm not your Marvel world at large guy. So if you guys know about the power broker, about how the uh, things super soldiers got that serum, you know, let me know. Feel free to put it in the comments. But I, um, yeah, I don't think the flag smashers are 100% wrong. I feel like there's there's a little validity to that argument there because the way it's presented to us is, yes, everyone came back. It's a great thing, and I'm happy everyone is back. But resources allocated to these people. But then at the same time, who are the people who've come back who are getting these resources? Because clearly Sam can't even get a loan at a bank. So we're getting these resources. And Carly's biggest issue is that she doesn't want the people in power who were in power before the snap to just remain in power now. She doesn't want them to things to just go back to how they were before because clearly we've seen a maybe more closer to a utopia space within these last five years. And again, I said this before, but I would really like to see maybe a show, maybe a web series, maybe something. It doesn't even have to be fully drawn out, but like a Black Mirror anthology type of series that covers the lives of regular civilians over those five years of the snap. Again, it doesn't have to be a full, you know, 12-season show, but give us some glimpse into what the world looked like then. Because if we have these Flag Smashers who have um, are so um passionate about their stance show me this utopia show me how the world operated differently in those five years for regular humans i don't need to see superheroes i mean they could cameo sure but i don't need to see the superheroes i need to see how it was better for those who were not in power uh so yeah so that's it the flag smashers and they also established this kind of um this network that there are people all over the world who support this cause and that's another thing that I feel like you should at least listen to the conversation or listen to the argument. Um, even if we don't feel like we're going to get to this place where the Flag Smashers want to be, there may still be some gray area. There may still be some points that can be folded into this new um, post-snap world or post-return world post blip, whatever, post everybody coming back after those five years. Because again, for me, I don't think they're 100% wrong, you know, and let me know. Let me know if you agree with the Flag Smashers or if you're like 100%, nah, they're criminals, get them out of here. Uh, so that happens. Then we move on to uh, the interesting part. So after leaving Isaiah's place, Sam and Bucky are met by some by a situation so going back to the announcement marvel made where like this season sam is going to be blackity black black y'all he's going to encounter his blackness i'm going to play a clip for you and i want to <laughs> i want y'all to look at what happens for those who haven't seen it uh but this is sam and bucky after leaving after being thrown out of isaiah's house what's up man 
there a problem here? No, we're just talking. We're fine. Can I see your ID? I don't have ID. Man, Why? Hey, just sir, just calm down. I am calm. What do you want? We're just standing here just talking. Just give him your ID. No, so I'm not giving him shit. We're just talking. Hey, hey, look, is this guy bothering me? No, he's you? not bothering me. Do you know who this is? Oh, God. I am so sorry, Mr. Wilson. I, I didn't recognize you without the cockles. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry about this thing. Guys, uh, just wait here, okay? So just... So they get <laughs> pretty much stopped by the police. They're on foot. This scene, I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but I'm not. Um, hmm, where do I fall? So I, I do appreciate the, no, I ain't going to say appreciate. I think the run-in with the police is, I like how it's used. Um, because if you think of that, you think of the bank, you think of Bucky sleeping on the floor, the financial issues that um, Sarah, Sam's sister, had to deal with while he was gone. I think a lot of this grounds it in real world without it being too um, – I don't know. Okay, well, well, forget that. Let's speak specifically to the actions that happened. So the police pulled over or stopped Bucky and Sam. Um we're in a predominantly black area because that's all we've seen. We've only seen black people. We've we got introduced to this neighborhood by two black kids shouting out to uh, Sam, hey, you're black, you're black Falcon. So this is, we're heavily grounded in a black neighborhood, I believe in Baltimore. Um, and they pull them over. There is this, oh, sir, you know, do you need help? What's going on? Is there a problem? And <clears throat> it's odd. It's odd. Um, ultimately, because Falcon is Falcon, <clears throat> he is safe. And that's not something, everyone doesn't have the privilege of being Falcon. And in the real world, everyone doesn't have the privilege of being celebrity. And a lot of times there have been countless cases where even having a position of power as a black person, if you're not adorned in your uniform, like um, a judge who was handcuffed on the side of the road, I want to say that was in Atlanta um, a couple years ago. And there's countless other cases that are not coming to mind right now. But this being in this space where you have to be an exceptional black to be given the grace of your white counterparts because if you use Bucky was never in any real danger and even if he was Bucky is physically equipped or enhanced in a very brave white way in a very in a very much a um he guys a super soldier Sam coursing through his veins we have Sam man I don't know man I don't know again, him being saved by the very fact that he is this character or is this um, government agent that does all these fantastical things, but he can't even get a fucking paycheck off of doing the thing that has him saved from some type of police brutality or just being um, uh, 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 profiled because he is this black man talking with this white man in this questionable neighborhood. I put them in quotation marks. Um, 
this is an interesting scene. So I, it's hard for me to speak positively on it. I want to, I say that this scene helped ground this show a bit, but I don't, I'll say this in, in comparison to other shows that are out now that do deal with police and black folks, this didn't feel as torture or, uh, tragedy porn as others but it was still like it got us where we needed to be which was for to have Bucky locked up but it still I don't know I'm still having sorted out my feelings about it I I thought it was I thought it happened it happened so um y'all let me know hell y'all in the comments what are you what are you thinking about this scene was it handled well um, all things considered, it's, you know, the MCU itself is not a place that is fantastical beyond belief where it's just so far removed from the real world. They do deal with and try to stay as close to uh real world as possible with having like the Hulk and, <laughs> and Wanda in it, you know, they, they, they deal close enough. Um, but I, this isn't something I want to continue to see. Um, if this is a one-off and it established, you know, how, how it is to move as a black hero when you're unmasked, sure. I don't want to keep seeing this. I, I just, I don't just give me the big fantastical super soldier fights on top of semi trucks and magic and all that. I, I don't need to keep seeing this. Um, I do, however, want to see more of Isaiah, and I, I'm interested to see how that comes into play because there's no way that they introduce him in this episode, and that's it. We have to see him again. And then we got Patriot, who's going to, I imagine, be set up to be on the Young Avengers. So Patriot, kind of taking a couple steps back, his character in the comics uh, was not super-powered. He was taking a mutant growth hormone, and he was on the Avengers. Um, came out that he did. I want to say he got sick or some kind of way it negatively affected him, where he ultimately needed a blood transfusion, got one from his grandfather, uh, Isaiah Bradley, who is uh, the black, the the tested on super-soldier. And then he did get imbued with them powers from that. I would imagine... In the MCU, when we do get the Young Avengers or whatever kind of variation of that, that we're going to get not the mutant growth hormone or inhuman growth hormone of it all, but more or less the blood transfusion. Um, I, so, again, I'm happy that we got him. I'm hoping that he plays a bigger, more integral part in this show and then carries over into the TV series because everybody ain't got Disney+. Plus. Everybody ain't really caring about the TV shows. A lot of people are just, I want the movies, let that be that. Uh, let's go. I'm going to go ahead and pull this comment up here. So Marcus says, my whole thing about the police scene was why. The scene before with Isaiah was way better at talking about race than yet another police brutality thing. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Again, I understand that we are in a space that is very real to, to our world. But we already got Sam with the issue at the bank. And like you said, Marcus, we did have the issue with race as it pertains to um, Isaiah and uh, Bucky way back in the day and the issues that he's dealt with. So, yeah, this this 
I don't I don't want any more of that. I don't want any more of that at all. Now, if you're talking in in the past, like Isaiah and Bucky were discussing things that happened in the past, then sure. But I don't want to be constantly beat over the head for the next four episodes with, hey, black boy, you know, let me whoop your ass until you, unless you got your goggles on. Then I, I see I recognize you. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much the space I'm in as well. Um, so we get past that and we get to the police station. Now, this was, I know, the most embarrassing thing for the characters. The fact that Bucky is locked up because he missed his PO, which is pretty much his um, his therapy session. And he was bailed out of jail, but not by his therapist. It was by the new Captain America. And a lot of Captain America's scenes felt like the boys to me, the, um, the DC... Uh, show on Amazon Prime, like a lot of that felt like Homelander in a slightly less, well, in a very less sinister way, but something that feels like it could lead up to him being a very huge threat. Now, with the MCU and contracts and actors aging out of roles and whatever else, I I wonder if this new Captain America we have is if this six episode miniseries or series is a way of testing the waters to see how the fans uh, receive him to see if he'll then just go on to be the new Captain America. I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm interested to see. Um, he's bailed out. He's like, hey, uh, therapist, we need them. Do what you need to do. Clear this up, whatever. So then we get to a scene that I really, that I did enjoy. And um, however homoerotic it was <laughs> so here's that scene we have bucky and sam in a impromptu therapy session with bucky's therapist hey, isn't that ironic you guys are leaving me with no choice it's time for the soul gazing exercise i like oh this one God. thank He's you for i love this oh yep. i mean no, turn around, turn right around, face, face, face yeah. each you other face you should really smile. enjoy this i'm going to i know you are yeah sam face each other let's do it let's stare Get close. This is good exercise. Thanks, Doc. All right. Good. All right. Get close. Closer. We, well, which way? Why do you, you have to have your right legs open? You know what? Fine. Right here. Oh, you happy Whoa. now? All right. All right. Yeah. Good. We're locked That's in. Fine. It's a little close. It's very close. That's what you wanted, right? Guys. Good. Now look at each other. You need to look at each other in the eyes. There, you see, that wasn't so hard. Wait, what are you doing? Are you having a staring contest? Just blink. <laughs> so this scene, I think, was probably the best scene of the episode for me. Like, I mean, if you, not including the fight scenes, because I feel like those are kind of, they're going to be good no matter what, because they've been good all this time but if we're looking at an actual true scene um with bucky and sam i think this was the <laughs> perfect scene for them uh we got this humor we got this joking whatever we got this clearly falcon and winter lovers <laughs> i'll say that um but i enjoyed it i um i still ain't really trusting this therapist lady i don't know what she got going on she might just be a therapist there to help out but mm -mm, i don't trust her i don't trust her at all um, with them and these different exercises that they're doing, I keep being reminded of their ages. 
Bucky is 106 years old. Sam is what I say, I don't know, 37, 42 ish, somewhere up in there. You're double him in age, you know, you're twice this man's age, and this childish bickering and back and forth, and yet still kind of working together as a team and uh being connected by this uh super soldier who is no longer with us, and this this whole brother vibe they have is working for me. Um, we got a little of it, a little bit of it in other films, but like this thing, it just them playing off each other outright. I am honestly enjoying their scenes. Um, even with the police scene, which again was a bit something, I do I, I just like them playing off of each other. Um, I like that they are they're constantly yelling and arguing with each other, but then like siblings, you know, the next second we cool. What I do hope is addressed further is what Sam said. Why didn't anybody tell me there was a black super soldier out there? Did Steve know about this? But he's like, no, he didn't know. Okay, fine. But who, what the hell? Like, we went through hell and back. And not to say that Isaiah could have whooped Thanos' ass and that was that, but we could have took all the hell we could get. And not only that, why is it just now coming to our attention that he is, like, what was the point? If, if, if you're showing me him now, what are we supposed to get from this? What are me being Sam? What am I supposed to get from this? Because you clearly haven't changed his mind. He ain't trying to fuck with you at all. Um, your people, as in Hydra, and then people back in the day, have scarred this man so bad. Why not let him keep living his life on his own away from all of this why bring him into this and then so i'm i'm assuming that that will be addressed but i did like the sam is like no like this is a let's stress black super soldier who's hundreds of years old where's he been you know like mm, I, don't know, I don't know but i want this black man to keep his peace so please leave isaiah the hell alone um another part of this scene that i enjoyed was Bucky has been on Sam's head this entire episode. Why you give up the shield? Why you give up the shield? And Sam let him know. But the therapist did her job with getting them to open up. She's like, hey, if you ain't going to open up to me, you might open up to Sam. Let's have this therapy session. And what we get is a scene that Sebastian, okay, you did that. He, he, I felt it. You know, I don't really care about it, but I felt it. You know, this is what he, this is what he said. Steve believed in you. He trusted you. He gave you that shield for a reason. That shield, that is that is everything he stood for. That is his legacy. He gave you that shield and you threw it away like it was nothing. So maybe he was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. If he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. That, <clears throat> if Wanda dealt with grief, this show is definitely dealing with trauma or like aftercare from the trauma. Um, that didn't come out of nowhere. It wasn't like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? I saw where he was coming from. Um, I felt that. I really did enjoy that part of the scene specifically because the I don't have a clip of it, but the comeback was, look, man, I don't know, you know, 
you and Steve, whatever the hell y'all got going on, but I did what I thought was right. Like, I don't, you can jump on my head all day long about not keeping the shield, which a lot of you guys, myself included, have done. But I thought what I was doing was the right thing. And then they turn around and they get the shield to this, I guess, more palatable Captain America. Um, what I didn't get from the series was that Sam was given the option to be Captain America. Okay, so let me let me explain that. So, of course, Steve gave him the shield, so he could have just been Captain America. But as far as the government hands and powers that be that took over the shield and then brought in their own Captain America, I never in the last two episodes <coughs> or anywhere in the last couple movies saw or felt that there was some type of rounding support for Sam to take up that mantle. I felt that that was a Steve thing, and he could have just did it and let that be that. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. But that's how I felt. So I took it. And uh, they go off. They go on their mission. They do what they need to do. Um, they still are not fans of John and uh, is it Hawkins. What's his man's name? Hodgkins, Battlestar. So we get this final scene where the four <laughs> Captain Americas and Bucky's are, are talking to each other. And he's like, man, John's like, y'all, we need to do X, Y, and Z. We need to do this, 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 and that. And Sam is like, look, man, I'm a free agent. I'm, I don't have to do what you do. You're government affiliated. We can't work together. Which to me is like, mm, but you can. You can still do things, and you still have government tech on you that he's able to find you. Uh, John says, okay, if we ain't going to work together, that's cool, but don't get in my way. And to me, that felt like a threat. He felt like if I see your black ass and your metal armed ass out in my way, both of y'all are going down. And um, it didn't really help his case. I ain't really feeling this guy. I want him to go down. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm interested to see because I'm assuming either he's going to be a, a villain or an antagonist to them, or they're going to all have to team up and, you know, whoop some butt. Um, we end this episode with Bucky and Sam. Well, Bucky saying, hey, we got to go, you know, got to go talk to somebody else. And uh, Sam's like, man, no, you can't do that. You've been through hell and back. That ain't somebody you need to be talking to. And, uh, Bucky says, no, let's go to this hospital. So Baron Zemo, Baron Zemo, um, his little setup felt very much like Magneto in the Fox movies when he's in his plastic uh, prison cell with his plastic or glass uh, chest set. Like, ah, <laughs> this felt very much like big bad Magneto's on the, ca on the case. Um, I had no reaction to that because I don't really care about Zemo. Not saying he's a bad character, but I was never mostly invested in his plans and his character. Um, but let me know if y'all were. If this is like a, I mean, we knew he was coming. That's not a surprise. But the way in which they rolled him out, I thought was pretty interesting. And it feels like he'll probably have to be, not have to, but that he'll probably team up 
with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So there's that. Man, all in all, honestly, I did enjoy this episode. There are some missteps. Um, and the missteps are when they're not surrounding race, it's like it's okay. But ah, well, even let's let's go to some comments. Let's go to some comments. Uh, let's see. Marcus says they did. I think Zemo killed them. This is in reference to the uh, super soldier agents that were in Captain America: <laughs> uh, Civil War. Uh, Cole says these are not connected. First of all, sir, look. I love extended universes, and I'm trying to tie all the uh, the the holes, the plot holes up. Um, let's see. Cole also says that U.S. agent is an a hole. Yes, I agree. Now I'm I'm trying to be cool with him. I don't really care for the character. I didn't want him to take over. I didn't want nobody to take over and be Cap unless it was going to be Falcon or Winter Soldier. But he's who we got, but he ain't who we want. So. Um, and then he seems to be just an agent of the government. Like he is a pawn of the government. Like he's upset because he has to do all these meeting greets and shaking hands and meeting senators. Yeah, you know, that's part of the job. Um, I didn't know that his homeboy was getting a <laughs> getting a job right along with him. So that pep talk he gave him at the beginning of the episode didn't really feel as genuine now that you know he got a job too <laughs> as the sidekick. So there's that. But yeah, um, I'm getting the consistent that people are not feeling him. Uh, Carlos says, Falcon made a point to tell the U.S. agent that he works for the government. Okay. And that Falcon said in episode one, he has government contracts. And that's fine. That's fine. Government contracts, cool. But why he ain't got no money? Like, that's where I'm getting the disconnect. If I have contracts and they pay me $1,200 for two hours worth of work, flying to Tunisia or whatever cool why doesn't falcon have any money like what is his money what where is his money uh i'm going to revisit marcus's comment again which again my whole thing about the police scene was why the scene before with isaiah was way better at talking about race than yet another police brutality thing oh man yeah because even the scene in the bank with sam not getting the loan and even if we're going to address the racial element in it that to me felt like a better way to handle it than to bring in the police um because i feel like that very scene with sam and bucky and the police i know we needed to get bucky arrested but it seemed like there could have been a better way like i don't want to keep getting these false starts of um of oh i might shoot you oh you might you know be under my knee like if, if buck if the end goal was to get Bucky locked up so that U.S. agent could come and bail him out and then he could be kind of indebted to him. Some of that could have been cut out. Uh, what else? And Marcus says, I'm wondering where, the, where Sharon is because <laughs> there's only a few episodes left. Man, yeah. I So I ain't gonna hold you up. The original art for this episode I pulled had a picture of Sharon, but I switched that up because I'm like, she wasn't in this episode. I just knew she was gonna pop up this episode, but clearly I'm wrong. <laughs> so yeah, where is Sharon? Is she in the Hamptons getting revenge? Some more revenge? Like, come on, sis. Hurry the fuck up. Are you still uh, public enemy number one? <laughs> But she was mentioned. She was mentioned. Uh, there was a scene with Sam and Bucky where Sam said, man, last time we stole the shield, you remember what happened? 
Sharon was public enemy number one, and we went on the run. So, yeah. Or she was blackballed, he said. Either way, we know Sharon didn't come out good in that scenario. Uh, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with her. I'm also really enjoying Carly. I, I really like, even though she hasn't spoke a lot, I didn't see her as the leader. Um, mainly because in the first episode, the big power player or the, the, the brute guy who jumped out of the bank window was a huge dude. Everybody got their mask on, everybody running around like crazy. When we see her, and I'm thinking this is intentional. We see her through the night vision or heat vision goggles where she's inside the truck and Falcon says she's probably a hostage. And then even when we see her in person, she's acting very timid, um, which had me thinking like I've seen the previews. I know she's going to be a big part, but I never saw her as the uh, the leader of this group. I just thought it was a bunch of them and she was one of many. But it seems like she is pulling the strings, acting a fool and orchestrating all of this, like to the point where. They're escaping with medical equipment at the end, the second to last scene, I believe, and her homeboy, who maybe there was a little bit of love or maybe a brotherly, sisterly situation, he hugs her. He's like, man, y'all ain't going to make it. I will hold off the government while y'all get away. Which, can we talk about that for a second? This man goes and takes a light post, knocks it down so that the uh, police cars have to stop, and then he gets out and he charges towards them. You are a super soldier. You mean to tell me you couldn't have picked up that pole, knocked all them dudes out, flipped over a truck? Like, it felt like he died senselessly. And also, if you were going to knock down that pole to stop the agents from getting to the plane, which he delayed them by, let's say, a minute or two, couldn't you have done that, like, twice? Like, kicked the hole in the building, knocked down two poles, and also got on the plane? The whole time, I'm getting upset. Like, get on the damn plane. You can get on the plane. Like, now that you've slowed them down and they're looking at you, run to the plane. You have to. It's not that far away. So, I mean, I guess we needed his death to motivate Carly even more. But I, that man didn't have to die. He did not have to die. Even if he took off running in another direction, you are a super soldier. You can you can last and withstand conditions that regular humans can't. You can link back up with these people. Like <laughs> you know where they're going. Like that too. So he did not have to die. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Uh let's see. Cole says he uh, referring to Anthony. Mackie, uh, Sam, excuse me. He's been gone for five years, so that means he doesn't have credit. And in episode one, they talked about how people affected by the blip ain't got no credit. Yeah, I get that. But he's also an Avenger. I don't care about him being affected by the blip. You are an Avenger. Prior to the blip, you went on countless missions. Even though you were running on the run, enemy of the state, whatever, you still were an Avenger. Again, and then not even to say that these are celebrities who deserve all this preferential treatment, but you mean to tell me these people have risked their lives Saving the world countless times. They fought, forget countless. They fought Thanos. They fought Thanos. Can we get some type of stipend for that? Like, can they get a stimulus? Can he get stimulated? Can we get this? Like, what? I don't, there's nothing that, like, I'm open to explanations and reasons, but I don't, you're not about to convince me that Sam should. I get the no credit. You've been gone for five years, but what about the credit he had prior to five years? And, and even forget it, even that off the table. Why this man can't get alone? He good for it. He just saved. Chalk that up as a loss. So I don't know, man. 
I can't get over there. <laughs> I can't, man. I can't. Um, so uh this this is cool, episode two. Now I will let you guys know due to events in the real world. Um, any reviews going forward will either be podcast only version or they may be a little bit later in the evening. I'm not sure how that works with everyone's schedule. I'm working on that now. So next week, please follow the social media handles, Carefree Blur, BYNK Radio, Carefree Black Nerd, and uh, for any updates because I'm thinking it may be later. Or it might just have to be maybe a Saturday thing, or it might have to be just a podcast thing, but I would definitely keep you posted. I didn't even expect to go past episode one with the review, but I have enjoyed this show. And I'll say this much, um, any type of concerns that we have for Marvel handling things, I feel like I'm now, instead of being like, I'm, I'm very confident that they'll do what needs to be done because even with this like buddy cop superhero government backdrop spy espionage stuff i'm still really enjoying it they're really giving me a good story um and bringing in some characters that the average person maybe wouldn't have known about again the josiah x eli bradley and Isaiah Bradley episodes of Carefree Black Nerd Podcast will be in the show notes, so please check those out. Give you a little bit of in-depth history on each of the characters and their runs, and it'll prepare you for what's going to come later on, assuming that we do get more of Isaiah, which I'm hoping. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, look at Cole. Cole says, you black, you tell me. Yeah, I'm black. Let me tell you. He's black. Let me tell you. He should have a little bit more than what he got. Because uh, this ain't working for me, fam. And honestly, they ain't really doing right by these Avengers. Wanda had this. I mean, she had a nice little, little piece of car. But they didn't want, like, you an Avenger. Baby girl, you should have some nice shit. And then, uh, oh, oh, actually, yeah. And then we got the, the, the pickup truck with Sam. And then I don't, Bucky ain't driving. He on foot. Um, one thing I am interested to get back to is Bucky and Yuri. You got to tell this man you killed his son. Like, it's unfortunate that you did it in under mind control, whatever, but you did it. I mean, let the blame be known that you were controlled by Hydra, but you still killed this man's son. We're not going to address that, fam. And what about homegirl you took on a date and just dipped on her? We're going to address that too. Bucky, your hands ain't clean. Your hands ain't clean, fam. Clean it up. Clean it up. So, yeah, that was that. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to falcon winter uh the falcon and winter lovers falcon and winter soldiers the homeboys who care <laughs> and uh i will be watching of course next week y'all please watch with me use that hashtag fw pod when you're listening to this episode when you're watching give some of your thoughts out i'll check the hashtag see what y'all got going on maybe speak on some some comments later on and uh follow me on twitter carefree blurred Carefree Black Nerd on Instagram and all of the social medias. If you need to email me, do so at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Uh, and then until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. And man, just stay the hell away from these imposters. Because let me tell you this, that flag smashers, they whoop some ass. And that new cap and Bucky, they got their ass whooped. So stay away from these imposters. <laughs> all right, y'all. What's up, man? Is there a problem here? No, we're just talking. We're fine.
Did I see your ID? I don't have ID. Man, Why? Look, just sir, just calm down. I am calm. What do you want? We're just standing here talking. Just give him your ID. No, so I'm not giving him shit. We're just talking. Hey, hey, look, is this guy bothering you? No, he's you? not bothering me. Do you know who this is? Oh, God. I am so sorry, Mr. Wilson. I, I didn't recognize you without the cockles. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry about this thing. Guys, uh, just wait here, okay? So just 